We've got Big Cat for about an hour and a half. We're going to talk a ton of college football, including our playoff picks, other storylines. And then we just ended up kind of doing life advice with them. So that was fun. And an open on people loving the worst take and all the submissions just a week into the process. It's the Ryan Russillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA final starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode of the Ryan Rosilla podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's French fries changed my life. They taught me to want, they taught me the taste of anticipation. There's no wrong way to eat a French fry from McDonald's unless you're eating my French fries. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. Before we get to Big Cat on the pod today, because we go pretty long with him, we'll just make this brief. The worst take stuff is is already very, very popular. Um, so we appreciate the submissions. I don't know that we're going to go ahead and nominate the podium stuff. I think we should at least wait until the first week of the NFL season, maybe. But we're keeping track of the submissions, so you can still hit us up against Rudy. Um, I don't know what your handle is off the top of my head. Isn't it just at Saruti or something? Just at Saruti. Yeah, we got we have three. I mean, we could fill a podium today if we wanted to. I don't know if it was people. The word got around that we were doing this segment. So dudes were excited to get on the podium. But we've got I mean, between the Gilbert Arenas, just absolute fire Mount Rushmore, (laughs) bad take of all time uh, with his take on Giannis versus LeBron. Uh, That was great. We had Kendrick Perkins, I believe, saying that Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly could be the best defensive backcourt in the league. And then we had, I think it was, was it Desmond? Uh, was it Desmond's college football four picks? He had like Pitt in there, A&M. I think he had Michigan. It was just like all over the place. Yeah, he had so Michigan was, in there. So hot start, honestly, if we want to do a podium today. But I think you're right. I think we start week one of the NFL. Yeah, the Desmond playoff picks, I kind of respected Pitt. Like, he was just trying to do something different out of the ACC. And, you know, I don't know if, if you would go with Pitt over NC State if you were trying to be different um, in that like Baylor, conference. too. Baylor was the fourth one. So Yeah, but yeah. Baylor's not, you know, Baylor's not, like, crazy. The Michigan one's probably weirder than that. But I remember, like, I did that Desmond Howard it wasn't even a rant about him. It was about the bias that we have as the former players when they're talking about college football. Like so many of the former players scream bias, bias, bias about networks and all these different dealings. And it's like, you know, the players are way worse about it than anybody else is. I love Joel Klatt. It's very clear how much he hates the SEC. Uh, mm. The Canal stuff we've been over. Um, but Des one year, I think Michigan had just lost and he kept him in the playoffs like ahead of somebody else, like towards the end of the season. And I brought that up as part of the rant. I was like, that didn't even make any sense. Like, no, there was not one other person that would be like, you know what? I think I still keep Michigan in the four there. So the playoff picks, I I respect somebody trying to do something a little bit different because even when I do them with Big Cat later today and I'm going through it, I'm like, try to figure out one team to be different. And even then, you're just kind of like, maybe I'll just do Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama again. It just doesn't even feel 
like Utah, I like Utah better when people aren't talking about Utah, but now Utah is being picked as kind of a playoff team. And again, respect it, trying to be different, get a Pac-12 team in there. Um, so that one doesn't bother me as much. The Russell Westbrook being good on defense thing blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind that anyone could have either spent any time watching basketball or, in Perk's case, played and not understood what an absolute fraud Westbrook is on defense. Um, I remember people That's falling for it years ago, you know, because he was active. And he, yeah, and yeah. he was athletic. And it was all the stuff. Steel numbers are probably high, but like he gets beat all yeah. the time. All his the time. instincts, his breaking the rules of what you're supposed to do defensively, it's been going on for years. I could cut up a million clips of it. It can't be debated. So the funny thing is the irony of the Westbrook video going around saying that Beverly's been fooling all of you. And I would argue that some of the Beverly stuff maybe can be a little hype, although there's some stats that show Beverly on contesting shots is like at the top, top of, of the class for his position. Um, Westbrook calling out Beverly as some sort of fraudulent defender is the most ironic thing of anything you're going to hear. So, Again, is it a podium finish? I don't know. Early, I'm saying. I'm saying early, early. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's what we have to work with right now. It's not. It's not here to stay, but we have a solid yeah. three early. And then, I mean, we didn't even get into the the Gilbert Arenas one. Well, because that's the worst one. <laughs> I was saving. It I want to like. I want to Zabruder film that. Like every minute of that, it just gets better and better. Let's just tell everybody what's up. First of all, the American players have a hard time with foreigners. Not every American player, but. A lot of the American players have a really hard time with the foreign guys. It's just they do. They do. So there's a lack of respect. There's uh, discrediting the accomplishment. Now, if that video had come out two years ago, I actually would have agreed with Gilbert on a couple of things. You know, because I think a really skilled offensive player, dribble, shoot, and some of that shot creation, all that kind of stuff, I think they'd look at what Giannis is as a player and go, there's still some limitations there. And I don't think that's how, I don't think that's necessarily an outlandish thing. But after 50 in the finals and then the stuff he just does by sheer will, because I think he's I think he's like the perfect personality that you'd want in a star. Steph is different as a perfect personality, but like the fierceness that Giannis plays with. That's why the Ben Simmons stuff always drives me fucking crazy whenever anybody's like, well, why can't you just do like a Ben Simmons Giannis thing? It's like because they're two completely different people the way they're yeah, wired. That, mentally. Was, that might be my worst take of all time. I said that to you multiple times. I mean, I didn't think like I didn't think Ben. Was- yeah, but. But yeah. that was before Ben Simmons decided to yeah. just like work out and have Nick Friedle take a video of him and then be like, we're going to be <laughs> scary. And then he doesn't. He dunks in a fucking video against nobody. And then Friedle tweets it. And then we're like, what are we yeah. supposed to do? I was like, oh, and by the way, the guy's not going to play. So, yeah, you know, but he did like have back running routes on air. It's like guys running routes on air. It's like, all right, man, like, cool. There's no separation. Doesn't matter. This is this means nothing to me. So you're oh, you can cuts. You can run routes one-on-one with no safety. You should win every single time. The quarterback knows yeah. which side he's throwing it to. And then they'd be like, oh, I smoked you. And then 700 kids stand and point at the defensive back who's like down in the end zone. And you're just like, what? what is this shit? Um, garbage content is what it is. All right. So back to uh, the arena Gilbert. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's at some point, And even I, with the like, as I was listening to him talk, I kind of felt like, you know what? I... I get what he's saying, but at this point, after the NBA Finals and for what it was, like this is just disrespectful. It's just, it's just, you're not giving him enough. Whatever you're dinging him for on some of the traditional basketball skills, you're not giving him nearly enough credit for how just dominant he is. You know, it's, it doesn't, it's not holding him back clearly. 
And they might have won a title of, again. They might have won back-to-back if Middleton plays. And I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to say because I can't. I have no idea what the hell Golden State would have done with Giannis. None. Two things that from that that, that stuck out to me. One, I think my favorite part was when he's talking about the minutes discrepancy where it's like LeBron, 38 minutes a game, and Giannis was only doing that in 34. We're going to sit here and act like LeBron and Giannis's minutes are the same. Like LeBron, I, like, I'm not, this isn't disrespectful. The guy's 37, 38 years old. He hasn't played defense in like three years. Okay. So his 38 minutes a game or whatever is not the same as what Giannis does in 34 minutes. It's, that's, that is a, that's a like basketball 101. Like I watch, you know, a couple games and I can see that very clearly. And the second thing is just like, this should just put to rest. It will never be put to rest because it's always going to be a thing. But the like, oh, you didn't play, you will never understand kind of thing, you know? Whereas like Gilbert, how, how could you how could you have that opinion? And I liked him when he came on the pod. Like I'd like to have him back on the pod. I, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. He says stuff. Like I think he's, he seems like a good dude. But that is so incredibly wrong. And there are so many, you know, and there, there are a lot of really good former players that are good at analyzing the game. I'm not saying it's just like a thing, but this idea that like you can't understand the game if you didn't play is just it's it's so stupid and dumb. And like some of the worst takes come from guys that used to play in the league because they're so biased on things like that, as you said, against some European players. But it's it's weird for me though, because Giannis is like the least Euro guy. He's not, he, I know he is a Euro, but like, you know, the way he plays, he's not a finesse guy. It's not like it's Jokic or Luka where it's like, you know, bodying and drawing fouls and stuff like that. Like, he is a powerful American style player. That's, that's what's so weird to me about the Giannis thing and him coming from a Euro perspective. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I agree with, I agree with everything you said there at the end, but, you know, the player, I do think there are things that we don't know. There's plenty of stuff that we don't know as guys that didn't play. You know, I, I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is like, you know, when Drew Hanlon was on his whole Embiid bullshit and he was like, all the voters should be, you have to make a left-handed layup or like whatever. He's just making fun of all of us that didn't play. Um, you're like, dude, Jalen Rose is a really nice player. I love Jalen Rose. He had Kyrie Irving, third team all NBA. You know what I mean? So like, look, um, guys that play, guys that don't play, we all fuck it up. But if you're a guy that would, when you're a guy that didn't play, it's like, oh, I can, I can point to you and be like, oh, this is why you can't figure it out. And then, as we said, like, this is, <laughs> there's just so many times where an expert, like, anytime somebody talk, like, there's a certain handful of players when a, when a former player is talking about those players, I'm like, how could you have played in this league this long and not known this? Like, how, how could you have yeah. seen it this way? And that's, that's maybe why we keep talking about this shit in circles because we never, we're never, I guess we should say this. We're never out of surprises. No. Um, with so, some of the so wait, what's, what's the ruling then? So is this, is this allowed or are we, are we officially waiting? Like this is, this is like a preseason take or what are we thinking? Let's we, uh, let's wait until prior to week. We'll do it. Um, cause it's not going to be an open like this. The, today's podcast no, no, is different, no. right? Right. Uh, we're going to do it this way. We'll do it the week leading up. We'll unveil it the week leading up. So these are all eligible to be nominated so for next podium. Week. Right. Yeah. So yeah, leading up to week one, and then we'll have a whole different batch of them um, after the first yeah. week, that Monday, kind of after week one of the NFL. So that's, all right, are we all good. on the same page here? Yeah, that's good. All right. Sounds good. FanDuel wants you to be ready for game day when college football kicks off this week. Right now, new customers can get $150 and free bets guaranteed for week one. Just place a $5 bet, and you can get $150 in free bets if you win or lose. Bet college football any way that you like. All right, let's take a look. Oh, what's the LSU line? At home, sort of, New Orleans, against Florida State, minus three and a half. 
All right, there we go. LSU, minus three and a half. Still loaded with talent. Incredibly talented team last year, despite the frustrating record and outcome week to week. Uh, you know I had to go with LSU in the first one to start the whole thing. So try a same-game parlay bet. Jump into the action, live betting, or bet with big promotions like Odd Boosts. Go for it all with the national championship futures. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. The app is so easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great odds. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel app today and sign up with the promo code Ryan, R-Y-E-N, and place a $5 bet to get $150 in free bets guaranteed to kick off the college football season. That's promo code Ryan, R-Y-E-N. Must be 21 and older and present in select states only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53324 in Arizona, 1-800-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, PA, Virginia, or 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, one 877 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York, 467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, West Virginia. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. I was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Let's talk some college football. Big Cat, pardon my take, the number one sports podcast in the country. Uh, what's going on, man? I'm ready. College football. It's finally here. Week zero always is a tease. Scott Are you Frost. pro? Are you pro or anti week zero? I'm pro week zero because I always find myself needing one week to uh, get my brain set of like the constant action, like the six or seven whatever games it was that I bet on on Saturday. It was a good teaser of like, remember how stressful this is going to be. Remember the chaos that you're going to be under. So it's like, you know, it, I, everyone needs a preseason. It was a nice little preseason for me. And then on Saturday, I'm just going to spray the whole board and it's going to be great. Yeah, because for me, it was like how... You know, those once it's real, it's like, okay, you realize this is it's over until January, you know, for the most part. Like when right. it's real, real, you're like, this is it. This is what you do. This is all you're gonna do. The twenty plus hours by the time Sunday night finishes up. And so for week zero, I'm like, I'm gonna watch, but I'm not gonna be intense about it. 
Like if I want to go outside, if I want to leave the house, if I want to go get lunch, like I'm not going to feel like I'm completely missing out. Like I think UConn, they didn't play like the 129th best team in the country. That's a mad group of Huskies from what I could tell. And I'm glad I saw it. I had UConn. I bet on him because Jim Moore Jr. says that he has ghosts in his house. Friendly, friendly ghosts. ghosts. Friendly, friendly ghosts. ghosts. Um, yeah. But the re- real week zero, I mean, Scott Frost, you got to stop. Well, he's not going to be at Nebraska much longer. But holy shit, man, stop scheduling week zero games because literally everyone's watching Northwestern Nebraska and Ireland because everyone wants real football. And I, that guy is just, he's hilarious. I hope he has a job for life because the fact that he finally got a special teams coordinator and also gave up play calling duties. And then after the game threw his plate, his offensive coordinator under the bus and also basically admitted that he was the one who called the onside kick. Like he just, he, he always just screws up something. It, 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 you know, it's like, Oh, this is going too well. Let me see if I can make it harder for us. For that to be a big 10 opener and be in Dublin and be week zero. You know, we've always talked about the Monday night theory that like, if you're a quarterback, like my all time favorite is Geno Smith had like a decent game against the saints, I think. And then Tuesday turned into, Ooh, you know, you got something here and like whatever you are or aren't is multiplied by 10 when you're the Monday night guy. So the Monday night theory that's times a hundred when it's week zero and it's the only like major conference game going on. And then it's an onside kick. So everybody's just trashing Frost the entire time. And I'll tell you, when I see still pictures of Frost, I can't believe he's a bad coach. It'd be like Superman having a lisp. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. No offense to anyone with a lisp, but, you know, we're all rooting for you. But I, when I look at Frost, I feel like I might zag hard and want this to work out now. After yeah. years of trying to tell Nebraska fans, like it's never happening again. Like you do understand the level that you were at in the nineties, that is gone forever. It does not exist. It will not be repeated, but I still can't believe that it's this bad. And I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm in, I think, you know, cause you and I would text last year being like, have you watched Nebraska at all? They're, I'd be like, yeah, they're actually, they're like kinda, they're they would just good. basically be in every game. And then there would just be one huge mistake that would do them in usually a special teams play where they, again, he Scott Frost just this year decided we might need a special teams coordinator. Like we might need a coach dedicated to this, but there Nebraska. And I know we're going to, we're going to disagree with some things in a bit, but I think that you would agree with this. The reason why guys like us love college football is something like Nebraska, where you have the history, you have the prodigal son coming home. You have all these things. And it's like every team has these stories that you can just dive into. And it's so fun to dissect like not just the games that are played on the field, but everything that comes with every season and the fan base and the expectations and all that stuff. That's why college football is so great. Yeah, that's why I I always, you know, I I probably like college more than the NFL because I like the idea that Lincoln, Nebraska has something that matters this much to them. And it's this one thing. Um, But, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to keep going over all the recent history and how bad it is, but for a week zero game, and everybody is firing off their jokes because they have no other games to make fun of. No they other have games. nothing else to talk about. It's just a beating, a beating for a fan base. Yep, yep. It's. I mean, I, I always, I always talk about just dreading any primetime game that any of my teams <laughs> play because you just know, like, it's if it goes bad, it's going to be open mic night on on your ass for like twenty four hours, and there's nothing you can do. You can't hide from. It. Yeah, I think now. I think now, because of what happened on Saturday, I'm going to be more pro-Nebraska than I've been in years. And maybe ever. Like, maybe like ever. It. But 
We'll see. Maybe it could be a little bit like the Harbaugh thing. Everybody keeps wondering, like, why is this guy here? Now, Harbaugh didn't exactly go three and nine, but he did have his contract reworked. Maybe, maybe a little of that Harbaugh juice. Let me ask you a quick question on Harbaugh and Michigan fans in general. Has there ever been a fan base that is dreading a game more than Michigan versus Ohio State on the Michigan side? Because they get like 365 days of of just shoving it in their face, but they know Ohio State's going to kill them this year. Like, kill them. And if you're a Michigan fan, it's like, I just don't want that game to ever come. Harbaugh almost left. He he literally almost left. He almost was like, hey, I want it. Finally, I'm out. I'm going to coach the Vikings. Like, that's how much he doesn't want it to come. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Because that would have been like the most Harbaugh move ever. You know, it's like the office where they're playing basketball and you're like, well, what's the score? Like, I don't know. Uh, whoever was ahead wins. <laughs> it's like throwing a sucker punch and just running away from the down the street. Just being like, I got the last one in. You no, know, it's a good it's a good little reminder on the Harbaugh thing because like there was a week there where people were like, no, it's done, it's gone. Like the yeah. rumblings behind the scenes were that that was a done deal and he was going to leave. And you're like, did he leave so that he doesn't have to play Ohio State again after he finally beat him? Um, after after he beat him and also said Ryan Day was born on third and thought he hit a triple. Like <laughs> like he he not only beat him but he really like turned the screws on him after he beat him and now he's got to have to go to Columbus this year and face which we'll get into our college football playoff predictions, but I think everyone has Alabama and Ohio State written in at this point. Ohio State's the largest favorite of any team to win the conference of any conference in D1. And it makes sense. And it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, so do we both have, do we want to just do it this way where we have our playoff picks, or do we want to get to other stuff first? All right, let's do the playoff picks first. Go ahead. Okay. Um, So I think we're both in the same uh, spot where we're trying to figure out who could be a fun fourth team because if you went just purely on like who we expect it to be, uh, it's going to be Ohio state, Alabama, and probably Georgia and uh, Clemson because Georgia doesn't have to play Alabama in the regular season. And you, you think that the sec championship game, if both those teams are undefeated, they'll, they'll both probably get it right. So trying to figure out who the fourth team is going to be, I want to. I don't want to go chalk. So I think my fourth team. I'm going to kick out Georgia. I they'll probably still make it, but I'm going to kick them out. I'm going to keep Clemson. My fourth team is going to be Oklahoma. Would you like okay. my case? Would you like my case? Yeah, because okay. well, I mean, look. When I went into this, first of all, I can't believe there's this little parody for this long. All right. So for whatever people want to argue, like, I don't like, it's kind of like the East Coast, or excuse me, the Eastern and Western Conference thing in the NBA. For the longest time, they're like, hey, should they just take the top 16 teams and say, screw the conferences because the West was so much better than the East? And I was like, look, things are cyclical. They'll figure it out. Like, don't start making grand sweeping changes in the entire format. And then it went on for like 15 years. (laughs) I was like, maybe, maybe we do need to tweak some things. Um, Go ahead. I think the parody, though, is going to fix itself in the next few years, not because of NIL. Everyone's like, NIL is going to fix the parody. I think the parody is going to fix because you finally have what seems like some strong coaches in important places. Like Cristobal at Miami is very important. I don't know if Napier is going to be good at Florida, but let's just say he is. Sark and Venables in Oklahoma and Texas is important. And Lincoln Riley in, in uh, at USC is important because... The reason why there's been no parity or a lot of the reason why there's been no parity is Alabama and Clemson and these schools uh, have been able to just pick off talent from California or Texas. So you instead of rooting, instead of saying the NIL is going to fix it, 
root for strong head coaches in important areas that will hopefully stabilize where all the talent goes. Because if Alabama doesn't get those extra five stars or four stars from California and Texas, if those guys stay in the region, it will kind of flat, flatten out on its own. I just can't believe that you have this kind of Bama run. And honestly, we'd be talking about Clemson's run historically if it weren't for Bama. Like, you know, what, what Clemson has done, obviously last year was a disappointment. We're going to get to that a little bit because of the offense and everything. Uh, the NIL thing, I've heard it argued for parity or it's just going to be like, hey, the big boys are just going to do it right and do it better than everybody else. So it's not going to be the parity. I think the scary thing is when you look at the transfer portal and how much it's opened up, like with Georgia Tech's running back decides, hey, I'm going to go ahead and play at Alabama. That feels so incredibly unfair. Right. Right. And that's the same thing I'm talking about. Like when CJ Stroud goes from California to Ohio State or Tua goes from, you know, Hawaii to Alabama. Like those, if those guys go stay at home in USC and it kind of, if Lincoln, out, you're right. right. If Lincoln's there and not Helton, then some like, you know, DJ, um, Tua, certainly. Like there was this, wait a minute, how are, how's Clemson and Alabama ended up with these guys that should be playing at SC? Right. And if Texas can get a little bit stronger, like those Texas players will start staying home a little bit more. So I think it's and and Miami, I think Cristobal, you know, what he did at Oregon recruiting wise was the best. He he surpassed what Chip did at Oregon recruiting wise. Definitely like, recruiting wise. For, yeah. for, forget the uh, like how they actually performed in big games, because that's a different conversation. But Cristobal is going to recruit the state of Florida better than it's been recruited in a long time. So all these things, like if you're rooting for parity in college football, root for coaches, strong coaches to be in key places and have success. That's how so we get there. So you got Bama. Yep. Ohio State. Ohio Bama, State. Ohio State. Clemson, because I just think the ACC is that weak and Clemson, like, I, I think even if they have, they have the one bad DJ game to then make the switch. So I think DJ will be better, but they obviously have a freshman now that's going to be awesome. Um, and then I have Oklahoma because I think, one, Dylan Gabriel's underrated. Like, he's a very good quarterback who you would think would turn the ball over a ton in UCF's offense. Didn't. Like, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good with the ball. And I think Venables, like, the idea that Oklahoma can't play defense is more of a new thing. When he was there before, they were playing good defense. When he got to Clemson, they went from a bad defense to a great defense. So I think he will stabilize it. I think they will. It, the The Big Twelve has some good teams this year. Like Kansas State's going to be a a good team. Obviously, Texas. Everyone's got Texas as their dark horse. I, I feel like Venable, Oklahoma State's always like pain in the ass. Oh, Baylor. Baylor's right. got a lot. You know, obviously Baylor's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. The um. But I just think Oklahoma, like what Venables will be able to do with that defense. And not the Oklahoma, you know, we had a couple years where Oklahoma would have a great defensive game and be like, oh, sh shit, is Oklahoma back? No, I'm talking about consistently good defense. That will be my pick. So Oklahoma's my fourth team because I, I didn't want to go straight chalk. I didn't want to do the same chalk thing either. It was really hard. Um, so I have Bama and Clemson. Some Bama notes here. They're going to be awesome. <laughs> They're going to also be... Their edge guys are and, going to be horrifying. And, Go ahead. And the crazy thing about Bama this year, I think, I think like they're going to run the ball like they used to when they would win, you know, whatever it was 10 years ago where they would just fucking shove it down your throat. And oh, yeah, they have the Heisman quarterback to like a nice addition there. Yeah. And I like, I like Young a lot because of his poise. I thought the Auburn game, despite the fact you're like, are you really going to lose to Auburn? 
like what he did towards the end there, his command of things like that extra little juice that you want out of your quarterback who calms everybody else down and says, I got this. Like he already had that last year. And, you know, the receiver depth takes a hit based on what you had with the best version when they were healthy with Jamison and Mechie, which was not the case towards the end of the season. Um, so it's not going to be the same there, but I just think their defense is so loaded. Battle, they bring in Ricks from LSU, who was actually awesome for them at corner in an LSU stretch where it's been pretty disappointing after the title. So I'm with you on Bama. Ohio State, I can't find somebody outside of the Big Ten. I just can't. Nope. I can't. I tried. I go through it all. Now, I'd say this. The offense we know is going to roll. It's it's insane. They're stacked. Maybe Stroud wins the Heisman. The defense, though, last year, like they can switch out the defensive coordinator, bring in Jim Knowles, like anybody who can consistently compete on defense in the Big 12, like you're going, all right, bring that guy in. And by the way, former head coach of the Big Red, Cornell. I don't know if you knew that. Never heard of it. It's pronounced, it's pronounced Colonel. Yeah. Um, so they bring in him, and then this is kind of what happens. Every time a contender brings in the new coordinator, it's like, man, like it's never a negative. It's right. always a positive. It's insane. Now, I'm not... I'm, I'm pro Knowles as far as that part. I don't know if they have the talent, though, and that was the that was the frustrating thing for Ohio State. If you look at their front seven defensively over the years, that's where Ohio State, to me, was like the difference maker, and they didn't have that group. Um, yeah. They've got the one kid. Um, You're right. The Bosa brothers, Chase Young, like whenever they had those guys who would just be absolute game wreckers, that's when they would go to the next level. Yeah, like I was looking at the pro prospect stuff. Zach Harrison, the 6'6 kid. Like he's the only one that I saw on like a pre-watch list. Now, granted, there's other five-star defensive linemen that they'll have in, and now maybe all of a sudden it's fine and it's their time and they're a year out from draft eligibility. But I still don't think that that front is as talented as it has been where Ohio State's just putting another top 10 pick in there or at least a first rounder. So, But even having said all that, I think their offense is so far superior to any other group when you think about running back, number one receiver, tight end, and and quarterback, like I don't know who matches that in the Big Ten. I, well, the answer is no one does, and that's no why one. I'm picking them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And then so you have Clemson, you have Alabama, you have Ohio State, and are you going to do something crazy with your fourth? Yeah, I'm going to go Georgia hangover, and I'm going to go A&M. Oh, okay. So that I don't know, be, right. I don't yeah. know where the Georgia loss is coming from. Um, I wonder if like all the stuff like the Stetson Bennett story is kind of funny because it's like, man, everybody doubted this guy. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. OK. Like we didn't think he was as good as the NFL guys or the guys that would win a Heisman. Like, that's all not there, a big deal. There was a moment in that national championship game when he had that fumble where it's like, oh, boy, like this is way too big for Stetson Bennett. He obviously, you know, came back and made some big throws, but. So my only question with the Texas A&M and Alabama, so how's it going to shake out? Because if Alabama beats Texas A&M, Texas A&M is not going to be, let's say Alabama runs a table, Texas A&M is not going to be the SEC title game. How? So you're, Danny Cannell just punched his wall when he heard what you just said because you're now going to have a team that's not even in the title game go to the, the college football playoff. Yeah, something really stupid would have to happen with Georgia where they're going to have to have a loss and that they're going to have to lose to Alabama in the SEC title game. Right. And, and AM is going to have to play close in Tuscaloosa. One of those games that we love where it's like, oh, like I, like I almost wanted to pick. Good loss. More yeah, good loss. Look out for that team. Loss. Part, of me, part of me, I wanted to make the case for Oregon. I don't think they have enough. I'm very excited to see Bo Nix, Pac-12 after dark. Like he was meant for that. 
because he's always good for one game where it's like, what the fuck just happened? Bo Nix. Um, Oregon having a good loss against Georgia week one could could be big for them. You know, like if they lose by by three to Georgia, everyone, you know, in November would be like, well, look at Oregon. They played Georgia real tough. That's that's a good team. How weird is it going to be when they're doing Oregon Bo Nix highlights and then they can't show his dad in an Auburn uniform anymore? Or TV, right? like, do you think TV broadcasts, like, we don't even want to put this game on TV because then we can't talk about his dad playing? Yes. <laughs> Bo Nix, this is the year. I, 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 he's putting it all together. It's going to happen. Yeah, the irony being that I can't believe he beat Oregon when when he first played that first game where you were like, what the hell is going on here? And then it worked. And you're like, this yeah. is weird. It was like Tebow in the NFL. You're like, wait, this worked? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. I had Oregon in that game. I was so mad. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he? Why, why is did that pass he, work? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like he has a few of those moments every year. That touchdown pass he threw against LSU last year. Like he is built for Pac-12 after dark. He's built to go to Arizona State at, you know, 11 p.m. and make a stupid play out of his ass and everyone be like, wow, Bo Nix. Yeah, he was 13 of 31 against Oregon in that game, his first his first game as a starter. <laughs> okay, so uh, the other thing I have with AM here is not only all the talent that's coming in there because you're like, what are you going to talk about the quarterback? Haynes King was going to be the starter. He gets hurt in the uh, Colorado game. Calzada comes in. Calzada, who lost a starting job to Finley at Auburn, which I still can't make sense because I watch Finley enough to be like, wait, this guy's good enough that he's going to be starting somewhere else at Auburn. I don't know. Um, Calzada had that unbelievable game against Alabama. It's just not really who he was. Right. It's just not it's not really who he was. Haynes is the athlete. Like, right. This kid is is dynamic. Um, now granted, he got his leg absolutely crunched because he was running around out there like crazy. So I'm going with AM losing to Bama and then missing out on having to play anybody in the SEC title game. Georgia having some weird loss, just one weird, hey, we think we're awesome because you know, we won a, this group won a title last year, even though half the defense, if not all the defense is gone. Uh, but they still have plenty of guys that are still NFL draft picks on that side of it. The tight end room is insane. Um, we'll see if Eric Gilbert, the LSU transfer, ends up being as good as he looked as a freshman. But Bowers is good enough. Uh, as, as So even though I like a lot of the Georgia stuff, I was trying to do something a little different. So I'm going to go ahead and pick A&M as my fourth team. I like it. And I also like the Haynes King is an important thing to mention. I, I like Max Johnson, the backup now. Like who? I, yeah. I, I think he is, you know, an upgrade, obviously, in backup. And if, like, he goes, Haynes King goes down again, you're not going to have that, like, crazy drop-off where, like, how the hell are we going to win games and move the ball? Yeah, right. Because Calzado, as you watched it, if you watched them all season, you're like, I can't believe this guy had some of the throws he had against Alabama. Right. Like, just sometimes a college kid will have that night where you're like, whoa, is this real? And then, you know, you watch the other games and you go, I don't think it is. All right, so not a ton that's different there. Let's just jump back on Clemson real quick because you mentioned uh, Klubnik there, the the freshman. Bruce Feldman was writing up Clemson, and he brought him up as potentially replacing Ugalele. And I thought, like, well, he's Bruce is pretty plugged in with the Elite 11 guys. I thought that that was the kind of nugget where since I know how tight he is, and I went to the Elite 11 thing to watch this kid throw, and he was pretty impressive, but again, I don't, you know, it's drills and cool. But uh, I thought that that being mentioned, when it looked like DJ might be somebody that's going to be a top 10 pick after that Notre Dame game a couple of years ago, I feel like that's just the kind of thing where I'm glad I know Bruce and I'm, I'm presenting it as more than just a nugget. Right, 
Right. And I think that they're going to, they're basically going to go with DJ. And if he has one bad half or something like that, they have an option now that they can throw in there that could, uh, I don't know, you know, quote unquote, save their season. But I also, I, I, I'm a little higher on DJ than a lot of people just because Clemson's team last year was so bad on the offensive side of the ball. They were so, so bad. And that offensive line was bad and they couldn't run the ball. Like, I think they, I don't even think they had a yard against Georgia, which obviously Georgia was incredible defense last year, like generational defense. But to think that Clemson had such a down year and they ended up winning 10 games is pretty crazy and speaks to what Dabo, like the, the, that's when you know you've made it is that your down years are now 10 wins. And it's like everything goes wrong and you have, you don't have your like powerhouse team. It's like Alabama last year. Alabama was at times people were talking about how they were in a rebuilding year. And they went to the national championship game. Like those are the, that's when you get to a, as a program, you've taxed stacked on so much talent that even your down years are like years that every other team would dream of. Glad you brought up the defense and we'll, we'll finish kind of the playoff part of it on this, but Clemson's defense, I was looking it up again this morning. They gave up 18 offensive touchdowns last season. 18. They were so good. They were number so two in, number two in the country. Georgia allowed only 13. And they didn't even play anybody. They won a national title. They didn't play one team all season long. Right. They, 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 yeah. They they literally <laughs> did not play a single team. <laughs> <laughs> they played 14 games, 15 games, but didn't play anybody. It's crazy. Nope. Um, so Clemson's opponent's yards per play, number three in the country behind Georgia and your Wisconsin Badgers. Jim Leonard, Every season when you'll see like the defensive stat ranking stuff, like start looking for it, kids. You're going to see those graphics pop up on Big Noon or some other thing. And it's like defense, 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 Badgers. Yeah. Like you're no, just they, always like last three years, last five years, Badgers. Everyone keeps being like, well, we lost a lot of talent this year. I'm talking about Wisconsin now. And it's like, yeah, but they'll be fine. I mean, that's what they do. They just, I don't know. They'll figure out a way to just slow a game down and be good defensively because Jim Leonard is that good. So. These insane Clemson defensive rankings. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened to them again last year? They were 100th on yards per play on offense. So like, bad. Awful. So, like, so how, like, how does Clemson finish behind 90 plus schools on yards per play? Yeah. Like, how is that possible? Right. So, so if they just get a little bit better, they're in the playoff. Do you want to do anything else on the Big Ten? Have you figured out your side of the division or your uh, side of the conference? I do think it's, I mean, the Big Ten West is pretty ripe this year. I, I like, obviously, um, I've now convinced myself that, like, what if Graham Mertz is just good this year? So that that tells you kind of where I'm at, um, that I'm just having those thoughts. But I, you could name, like, Minnesota could win it. Iowa definitely could win it. Wisconsin can win it. Nebraska, your Nebraska Cornhuskers could win yeah. it. <laughs> if, they, if they turn it around. So I think it's gonna be fun in the Big Ten, Ten West. Like Purdue's pretty, pretty good. They're a frisky team. So I, I think it's gonna be like a very fun year in the Big Ten West, which always gets shit on. But what are you gonna do? I mean, this is, this is how it's set up. I, I'm not gonna apologize for who we play. You got to play your schedule. Yeah, that's the thing that always drives me nuts about your division. Is <laughs> yeah, that you the, hate it? You hate I hate it. your, I hate your division philosophically. It's not, it's not because of any team in particular. <laughs> There's just. I have a philosophical problem with the Big Ten West existence. 
mm-hmm. um, because there's just always this one team that I'll watch. And again, you know, like I'll watch that team and I'm like, wait, what are they ranked? And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm like, that's the Big Ten West of it. It's like they played three terrible non-conference games and then they, they had crossover they, Maryland and Rutgers. Right, right. Now and they then, have they have 12 wins and we're in November, late November. Yeah, they got a late they got a late turnover in the game they were supposed to lose. It's fucking great. And now they're they're nine and one, and I'm supposed to take them seriously as a playoff contender. And I know it sounds a little bit like I'm talking about Iowa. And some years it is that I was talking about Iowa, but other years it was the Bo Pelini Cornhuskers when they weren't my Cornhuskers. When I'm like, do you guys pay attention? Because some people bring up Pelini now and be like, hey, it wasn't that bad. We're like, you lost every game that mattered ever. Like you, you just you never played anybody. And then you'd be able, and then once you had to like play a real guy game, it wasn't, it wasn't even close. So the record actually looks a little bit better than Frost. So yeah, it happens. And I know Big Ten fans are super prideful of that nine conference game thing. You keep telling yourself that. I will. You keep t- All right. I will. And I do not care. You All right. Let's get to our, you can't let's get to, <laughs> we're just appetizer to the biggest disagreement. You and I, and now it's been months on this uh, privately. You want to speak philosophical differences. Where are we right now on on the conference expansion realignment land war? Okay. Um, Yeah, we do disagree. Uh, You're very upset, and I understand why you're upset. Uh, You're mad. You're triggered. I get all of the reasons why. Big time. Big time. No. No. (laughs) I I take a a a, like an approach to it that this is not new. If you know any history about college football, (laughs) it's been happening for 30 years now. Like this is when people are like, how can Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12? Well, do you know that Texas was like a second away from joining the SEC in the late 80s? But the Texas legislator was like, no, you can't. Like you have to take Texas A&M as bring those guys back. Don't mess with Texas. (laughs) You're right. Like this all has been happening for a very long time. And I I will agree with you. I, I don't like how it how it keeps happening i'm of the mindset that i just want it to be settled but i also understand that it's probably never going to get fully settled because this is just what college football is and i the the geographical like having ucla and usc in the big 10 is weird yes i expected it though the minute oklahoma and texas left for the sec i was like the big 10 is going to do something and this one made sense i have a fix for you though i think they need to just rip the band-aid off they need to get the Big Ten and the SEC to 20 teams, and each conference should play uh, five five uh, team pods where it's like geographically you're close, and you play those four teams in your pod every year, and then you play a crossover pod every year in your, in your conference. So it's similar to the NFL schedule. So it's like, you know, like the NFC East plays the AFC West or whatever. Right. Do that, and then have everyone else it, that's left out create their own divi- their own conference as well so it's 20 teams big 10 20 teams sec the rest is i don't know you can call it like 24 teams or whatever and then you figure it out from there and then you also get cuz the college football playoff i think we all agree we want more games that mean a lot if you do it my way so it's let's say there's a big 10 central or sorry big 10 north big 10 east big 10 central big 10 west right add a couple teams oregon washington to the big 10 Big you Ten win. Central feels redundant, but I'm working with yeah, you Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you start the season, and it's like, if we win our division, we get to play in, there, there's a semifinals and then a finals. So we win our division, we have a chance. And that's really what it comes down to, is you want 
every team to start in the beginning of the year and be like, here is the path to us getting to a college football playoff. Win your division, win your semifinal game, win your championship game, you're in. That's it. Like that, that it's a bit like soccer grouping, but instead of taking two from the same group, you're taking one. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it, I actually wrote it out. Let me just give it to you real quick. You tell me what you think. This is just Big Ten East, Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan State. Yeah, we got, we got Notre Dame. No big deal. Central is Michigan, Ohio State, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. The North is Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Northwestern. And the West is Washington, Oregon, Cal, USC, UCLA. Play your group. Win your group. Play in a, a semifinal, maybe at a home stadium. Play in Indy for the, for the Big Ten championship game. Boom. Super convenient. Yeah, yeah. ADC, super easy to get around. All right. So the West was what again? USC, uh, the, U- USC, UCLA, Cal, Oregon, Washington. So you basically you said screw the Civil War, screw mm-hmm. the Apple Cup, and then Stanford Cal is over too. You just ruined yeah. three historic rivalries with one grouping. Yeah, I actually, I, my, my, uh, also like the, the rest of the teams that are left out of the Big Ten and the SEC, I actually think that they should just combine Washington State and Oregon State into one team. Cause then they would be, they would be a lot better. So I, like, I, I'm going to do some shit like that. And there's a couple teams that are left out, but yeah, like that would, you know, solve all the problems. I just, I don't, I get what, why people are upset. I love the differences between the conferences. I love the styles of plays. I love the history of college football. I just, at the end of the day, this is what's been happening for 30 years. So it happening again is not surprising to me. And it's going to happen even more when the ACC figures out, you know, like how these teams can get out of their contract. And like, it's just going to keep happening. If you want to say, let's flash forward to the finish line and figure out where we all stand, I'm for that. But I also am not going to sit here and just be like worried about realignment when I know this is the reality of the sport for the last 30 years. Yeah, it's since 1992, I think it's 41 teams that have changed uh, of, of the power conferences. Uh, meaning, you know, either teams coming in or going out. So you may have not been technically power five and then became one a little bit later. I just think it's gone too far. When U- UCLA and USC is in the Big Ten, then I'm, I'm over it. And the same thing with Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. Well, so I, I'll say, let's back up the timeline. That was the first one where I was like, all right, this is stupid. Yes, I think this one's even dumber. And I think that you're an elitist. I think that because you are part of the Big Ten group, that you're just like, as long as we're good, I really don't care. And I think that's the root of your entire change. That, okay. So I agree to that. I have a bias in the fact that I root for a team that is safe. And I understand, like someone actually posed that to me, like, hey, if you were a fan of Oklahoma State, which poor Oklahoma State gets brought up in like all these conversations because they're the epitome of the team that's kind of left out. But it's yeah, it's kind of like Oklahoma State's like the Eric Bieniemy of Power <laughs> Five schools. <laughs> right? They're they're a good football team, and everyone always is like, "Well, what about Oklahoma State?" Yeah, yeah. And if I were an Oklahoma State fan, I'd be pissed. So I agree with you that there is a, a part of me that's speaking from a spot where I know that I'm safe, and that Wisconsin's going to be in the Big Ten no matter what, and the Big Ten is going to be safe as long as Ohio State's there, which they're going to stay. So I, I I can't I don't have any retort to that. There are a lot of fans that are in my position who root for teams that are safe. And yeah, it sucks to try to figure out, shuffle the deck, but it will get there. We will get there. Like the Big Ten will expand some more. 
The SEC will expand some more. There'll be a, a group of teams that will figure it out and maybe create like a, a conference across the country. But if you do the pod system I'm talking about where it's divisions, you then you then can figure out like how to how to keep some geographic semblance here. Because I the, the part that you're talking about, it is weird that USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. Like that's that is weird. I'm excited for it because now maybe Wisconsin can go win at the Rose Bowl, but like it is what it is. This is right, the reality. But when, when you say safe, there are degrees of safe. And what I would say is I don't know how close you were to being unsafe. Like what's unsafe? The second most stable conference and a check for 70 plus million a year instead of 90 million a year. Like it's like buying a house on the top of a mountain and going, well, at least now we know it's not going to flood. And you're like, well, like I don't. I don't think it was going to. And again, maybe flash floods. We'll get some guys in here, some real meteorologists checking in saying, actually, actually flooding. Um, so I don't want to get into a flood debate. I just thought you were safe already. And as somebody who experienced the Big Ten destruction as a fan, okay, uh, I, I just think that there's a line that has been crossed. And despite the history of teams moving all the time, the line is crossed. Whatever, whatever that line, like the different lines of, oh, this is weird. Oh, that's different. Like, I remember, like, wait a minute, Penn State's joining the Big Ten. I remember being annoyed about that. Okay. You're right. Right. Um, you know, I, I would say that we weren't. So you say safe, but the way the SEC operates, I don't know if the Big Ten was safe until they did. I don't think, I think they always have to be answering what the SEC does. Cause would you, in business, in all of that, you're right. You have yes. to, right? Like you can't you sit around. To. Like sometimes my approaches, I know it would never work. Like if I were running baseball and be like, "Hey, we're a great regional product," <laughs> stop worrying about it. Right? Be like, wait a minute, you right. don't want to grow. You don't want. It. You're not worried. I'm like now, you know, let's just be happy about what we're like with college basketball. It's almost like I think our regular season attraction is over. We should just be thrilled. We have something that consumes the entire sporting audience for three weeks, and that's what we have. Like we have our moment. Um, but that's right. not just, it's just not how anything works. So the big 10 can't say, Hey, we're the second best. This is fine. We've got, honestly, like when you look at the rated games and why I always got, you know, for multiple reasons, why I got annoyed about this ESPN SEC accusation. It's like, if we wanted to fix things, we'd want Ohio state and Michigan in every single game. We'd want those right. teams and in every why, single game. Right. That's why I think the big 10 had to answer because the way I, you're right. I you're right. The realignment is don't trust anyone like you. If the Big Ten didn't add UC, USC and UCLA and in three years time, we get a we, we it comes across, you know, Twitter that the SEC has expanded again and they're adding Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State and Notre Dame. Would you be shocked? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. And you have to do like if you're the Big Ten, you have to basically stay one step ahead. So Ohio State will never, ever look you know, what's going on down, down the block, because we, I, I'm a realist about all this stuff. Ohio state drives the big 10. Like that is what the big 10 needs to, to the Ohio state needs to be happy. And the big 10 works that way. And so I, I just am a realist about all the realignment that it's going to keep happening. I want to get to the finish line. I want to be like, this is what we're set with, but I also don't get nothing shocks me at this point. I was UCS, USC and, and UCLA shocked me 0%. Because I knew the minute Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, the Big Ten would do something, and this is what they did. Years ago, I joked around that to solve all the NBA problems, you just redraft the entire league every single year. It'd be the biggest event in sports, the draft, where yeah. every single team has a chance every year, depending on how your draft goes. Um, 
it actually would make more sense now. Like, cool, you can't ask for a trade because you're just going to get drafted again next year. Right. And we'll pay we'll pay you your max money every single year, but now it's one-year deals. So here you guys go. You get all the freedom you want. You'd be in a team every year, and it won't matter because we care less about you know jerseys than we do stars in the NBA. Like, I think the younger NBA fan is just enamored with different players that he likes, dislikes. Sheer heat. Um, with college football, what if you just said, all right, every year the five power conferences, you just draft new teams. Because here's here's what I would say, like somebody who sat in those those NCAA meetings with Bill Hancock, who used to really frustrate me, is that they'd be like, well, we can't do this many games because of exams. Never cared about that. Because um, remember, there were 11 games and they were telling us they couldn't go to 12. Right. Right. And we can't do conference championships. That's not what we do. Okay. We can't change this around because of the Rose Bowl. Okay. Nope. Didn't care about that. We can't have a playoff because of this. Okay. You couldn't do that. Every time college football has told us, so even you theorizing, like, what if Notre Dame ended up in the SEC? Like, remember how people used to go, oh, that doesn't align with their academic beliefs. Right. Nobody cares about fucking any of the stuff that everyone has used as an anti-argument, uh, or I should say an argument against all the things that have happened. Everything right. the people in charge have argued that can't happen, it's all happened. Right. So I don't, I don't want to hear any of them on anything anymore. So, so yeah, and that's, I think we're actually finding ourselves to be, we're, we're, we're finding the middle ground right here. I hate I've it. Always, you hate I've it less heard, than me. Yeah, I've always heard the arguments and I've always thought they were bullshit. Like, they I've were always, bullshit. They were always bullshit. Nebraska, you know, remember Nebraska joined the Big Ten, like, well, academics, who the fuck cares? So I'm in the who the fuck cares, just figure it out. I, I'm expecting more change. It is what it is. Like, I, I that's, I'm still going to watch on Saturday. That's really what it comes down to. I'm gonna, still going to watch. Every game on Saturday, if 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 an SEC game in five years, it, you know, you're watching 3.30 in the afternoon, ESPN, they go live to Tuscaloosa. It's an SEC game in early November, Alabama versus Notre Dame. I'm fucking watching. And that's that might happen. So I I'm just I'm just like, buckle up. Let's fucking go. I'm still going to watch. Just figure it all out. As somebody that traveled, though, for all these games, I just cannot. I don't want to lose that geographic identity, the culture of what each conference means. And now it's going to be over. So yeah. that's the other thing that I'm fighting against. And I think because of my, you know, my experience a little bit different than maybe everybody else, because for six to really 10 years, because Scott and I kept doing it and then Danny and I were doing it after that, we just kept traveling and traveling and traveling. It was my favorite part of the entire ESPN experience for me. It was getting to learn about what it meant that this, these places that Saturday means so much more to them than anything else. And because there isn't that other thing, you know, like where, whether the major cities that have pro franchises, oh, well, my hockey team sucks. Well, let's see what happens with our football team, basketball, baseball, on like, no, 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 this is it. This is it. Right. Like, you know, Autzen, it's, it's really one thing now, you know, yes, I know the basketball team's pretty good too. And, and all the other track events, but you know, I'm not, I'm not here to get into their relay team. Um, all right. Rapid fire here real quick. Yep. Give me your transfer you're most excited about. Okay, we mentioned Bo Nix. Uh, yeah. That's, that's high up there. I also want to throw out Adrian Martinez because it's going to be a very fun, does he suck or does Nebraska suck? Like, it's it's similar to, you know, your Belichick-Brady poll that you do every week. Like, we can, if Adrian Martinez is awesome at Kansas State, we can just be like, wow, Scott Frost really sucks. So that one's going to be fun. And then my favorite one, which is going to be great to watch uh, college football fans 
I think a lot there's a lot of college football fans who might not follow every single transfer, uh, but the fact that the backyard brawl is kicking us off on Thursday night, and it's Keaton Slovis versus JT Daniels, Pitt, West Virginia, is fucking awesome. Like that's unbelievable. You, I love. Can you guy. imagine telling those guys in 2019, <laughs> both in, at USC, being like, "Hey, you guys are going to be playing a game in a couple of years for Pitt and West Virginia." For a rivalry that hasn't been played, I think, in a while, that is means a lot, that people love to get into, you guys are going to be playing against each other for Pitt and West Virginia. Like, what the fuck? It's it's great. It's it's absolutely great. So when you, you know, whether it's basketball or whatever, and the mental break I'm taking from depth charts and paying attention to stuff, to just see the, the USC quarterback shotgun spray... <laughs> Yeah, all over the country. Yeah, Jackson Dart on Ole Miss. That's yeah. my guy. That's my yeah. guy. Like of the transfer that I am so excited about, it's Jackson Dart at Ole Miss because that kid has a sack on him. All right, I'm not telling you he's the greatest quarterback ever, but when I watched him for SC when he came in, I'm like, who is this guy? Like he's he's the most confident dude. And the entire well, now he got the shit kicked out of him in like two games because he didn't quite know like hey you got to protect yourself a little bit better in this, but him with Lane and Old Miss, I love that. I can't wait to see Jackson Dart. He, he's he's the football version of a boy named Sue. Like you you name your kid Jackson Dart, he's playing college football and he's gonna have a sack on him. Like that's just what when when he flashed on the scene, I was like, wait, his name's Jackson Dart. Holy shit. Like, how is this real? And so, yeah, I'm very excited to watch him at Ole Miss. I think he was a one-eye black guy, too. He might have been, yes, yes. Or did he have... Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. He went, like, the Braveheart line across down... I might just start doing that when I go out. Maybe Saturday uh, morning, just put it on. Just get get your game face on to sit on your couch. Yeah, yeah. He went, like, a Braveheart thing, almost like a little Clockwork Orange deal. On uh, on the right eye, so he was doing it on the right eye there. Yeah, Jackson Dart, Old Miss, uh, the Old Miss transfer portal. I was going through it again today, and I'm like, this team just went. It was like a rich kid at Toys R Us, and they were just like, now nah, whatever you want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, this stuff. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to like the the change of college football. Like, okay, yeah, things are going to change. NIL conference realignment, but we're still going to find great things to talk about. And the team that just goes, Hey, why don't we bring in like 15 new, new guys that started somewhere else last year and see how that works. It's going to be great to watch. Okay. Before we get to life advice, I think big cat neat has one. He wants to submit. We want to do a quick roommate game because it plays into the transfer portal perfectly. Cause you're like, all right, who would I be living with? Can I have a single? Um, so I'm going to throw, we're going to throw a couple roommate scenarios at each other. All right, are you ready? Yes. Summer house, separate bedrooms. Let's not, you know, his same bedroom as, you know, freshman living. Russell Wilson or PJ Fleck? Okay. This is this is actually a guy that we debate a lot privately. I um I think I would go with PJ Fleck because I think PJ Fleck I think you could be like, "Hey PJ, like listen, you're not at a press conference. We're not on the sideline. Like, dude, just chill out. Like, just just be normal. And I think he could do that. I don't think Russell... I think Russell Wilson's gone so far off. Yeah. I don't think he'd come back to being normal. I think P.J. Fleck, you'd be like, dude, you're not recruiting right now. Like, we're just going to sit. We're going to fucking hang out. 
We're going to play some beer die, whatever we're going to do. I'm and not I, hurt. You don't have to run over immediately yeah, to right. me. I'm, I'm, I just sat down. I'm okay. Right. And he'd like look over his shoulder and be like, are you sure there's no cameras? Like there's nothing going on. I don't have to row the boat. Um, I think PJ Fleck would be the answer there. It's a really good answer. Did you catch any of the Russell Wilson one last night? It's the rule of threes. And he's the only person that has ever talked this long publicly who never knows where the Senate, where, what's going to end. Like the thought. As Russell Wilson is talking, he has no fucking idea how he's going to land the plane. He he, Russell Wilson, when he's talking, it it seems like he's uh like his mind is scrolling Gary V's Instagram feed, being like, what what can I come up with next that will inspire the nation? Uh, <laughs> when really they're just asking me about the third preseason game that I I played sparingly in. Yeah, I watched it. I mean, it just happened to me on. I was like, let, let me get a little Broncos country. And I, I, you know, I was like, here we go. How weird will this one be? And I just, I feel so good about that. Like if I was able to invest in things like that, I wouldn't be working today. Because when I was so early on it, people were like, what are you talking about? Are you sure? And it's like, he'll do three things that he compliments. And then he you can see in the moment, he's like, what am I saying again? And then it's like, just tell everybody how excited you are again. Just finish <laughs> with excitement. All right, I like that answer. That's probably the right answer. Like PJ, okay. calm down. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I got one for you. Uh, Harbaugh or Dabo? I've been a big Harbaugh defender throughout all of it because I was like, he gets talked about like he was just losing every single year. And you could say, well, he loses to Ohio State. That's all that matters. Everybody before him lost to Ohio State all the time too. Like they, they don't beat Ohio State that often. And they just did finally. Where Dabo has been so miserable about it that I think I'd rather have Jim. Yeah. Because we could come up with feats of strength. We could do different contests. Be like, hey, do you want to throw a tennis ball against a barn for seven hours and keep yeah. track of it? Like, I wouldn't mind doing that. I mean, I used to love doing that kind of stuff all the time. And then he does it. I think he and I could do that where Dabo, Dabo would be like, you were at ESPN, you're the enemy. And it would take forever to break through with that. With it. it might be like Labor Day where Dabo finally says, you know what? You're actually not a bad guy. Right. See you later. Summer's over. I Harbaugh would be my pick also because like, I mean, say you say you, you know, knock up a girl. He will take care of the, the child. So you have that. You got a built in uh, father figure that will, will take over. The only con on Harbaugh, he definitely everyone knows like that guy that you went to college with. Who like when everyone gets a little too drunk and you're just sitting around like 3 a.m. to like, hey, why don't we wrestle? And like someone's going through the wall, someone's got a black like Harbaugh. If you go into a summer house with Harbaugh, you know that you're gonna get a couple random injuries that are gonna suck. That but I might want to do start doing that again. Right. So that's I'm okay with it. Okay. Myself. Okay. All right. Uh roommate option here. Chris or Kyle Long? Ooh. That was mean of you. Um, shit. That's tough. I can make an argument for either of them. I think I can too. I think I... I knew Kyle before Chris, so I think I have to go with Kyle just because of that. And also, Kyle, we I think we told this story, but we went to interview J.J. Watt. Uh, it was like maybe year two or three of Pardon My Take. And we went and stayed at uh, Kyle's house in Lake Forest. And I, I think we could have stayed forever because he just didn't like when we left, we came up, we were staying in the basement 
And we came up and he was like playing video games. We're like, hey, man, we're out of here. And he's like, oh, you guys are still here. Like, it didn't matter. So I think I think we could just fucking hang out forever. And he would not like if we had our own space and he had his own space, like we could hang out or not hang out. You know what I mean? And those are the best roommates where it's like you don't feel like you have to do anything with them. You can just kind of exist and everything's cool. Yeah, I think Chris was asked this question once and he had like Kyle fifth behind like four other options, which freaked me out a little bit about how would you pick it? I think he may have said living with Kyle is like living with a bear. Yeah, you're you're just not 100 percent sure Um, now. But, you know, look, that was probably a long time ago. So I think there's something to be said about like if Kyle is that hands off with it, that that might be preferable. I'm obviously closer with Chris and he's a good friend. We get along. But I feel like Chris is probably my answer, but I could understand that like with Kyle, it may not matter. And with Chris, I feel like things are going to have to be on his terms a little bit more than they would be with Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. You know, um, all right. My last one for you. Um, you have to pick two of these uh, four. Okay. So you got to pick two of these four. Dana Holgerson. Scott Van Pelt, Lane Kiffin, Stanford Steve. Two of four. Two of four. You have to you have to live with two of four of those guys for the summer. I'm going to pick Steve first because I've spent there was a six year window there where I spent more time with him than any other person on earth. That's easy. Right. Yep, agreed. The only thing, though, is if you are in a hotel room with him where a couple times he got dicey and we got stuck together in the same room because of travel, he puts the thermostat at like negative four Kelvin. And oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, I'm in for that. Yeah. No, yeah, it sucks. I mean, it totally sucks when you're not ready for it. Woke up, throat, the whole thing. I was like, cool. Now I'm sick. Awesome. Like we couldn't just have it sort of cold. It had to be like ice chest cold. Yes. Yep. But other than I, that. And maybe like 7 a.m. T.I. when you're hungover to the airport on Sunday that, you know, you'd be like, hey, can we can we not go Club MTV on the Wait, way? Was to the, this like, John Prine or something on the way to the, the, the airport here? Maybe ease our way into Sunday. But if those are the only negatives I can come up with Steve, then that means he's my first pick. Um, I don't think Van Pelt's going to mind not being picked here. Because I mean, he's guess. at a certain we'll level see. now we'll where. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm o I'm okay with it. Uh, That's kind of fucked up, but yeah, sure, we'll see. And now I understand why you guys split up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to be picking me either. Uh, just How, because I, it, well, we're wired guys, differently. Well, and also you guys get drunk, and like it, Van Pelt would probably not pick you because like you get drunk and it's it's three a.m. and similar to the Harbaugh analogy of like wrestling, Van Pelt just sitting there and you're like. Really, dude, my name wasn't on the show for a couple of years. Like, yeah, we got to have this conversation again. Like, he would hate that. <laughs> Just emotional, late night, drunk, repeat, <laughs> like questions about history. Those are always good. You know, like you go to you go to a wedding and somebody's like seven. You'd be like, hey, remember that thing you did seven years ago? And you're like, oh, great. This is going to be fucking fun. This would be a fun I, way to close out the night. I love the Rosillo Van Pelt relationship. I've, I don't think I've told this story. I don't think you've told this story. But when we were for Super Bowl. We went from downtown L.A. to Manhattan Beach. It was me, Steve, Rosillo, and Scott in an Uber. 
And you could tell Scott was like, where the fuck are we going? Like, this that's is- why I'm not living with him. Cause yeah. that's, that's what I mean. It's not we're we get along great. We're great friends, but I don't want to live with him. And, and I was sitting in the front seat. I think it was, I think it was, I was sitting in the front seat. I think Rosillo was in the back way back and Steven and, and Scott were in the middle. And I just started texting Scott being like, is Rosillo fucking serious? Where the hell is he taking us? No, I knew where we were going and I was excited to go. But I was just stirring the pot being like, is this guy fucking for real? Like, what? where are we going to Tijuana? What's going on here? And he was just his anger was going up and up. It was great. Ended up being a great night. He hung out. We all hung out. It was a great night. But uh, it is fun watching you guys interact. Well, because I was like, hey, we I told you the plan. Like all all we were like, the whole plan was this. And it's L.A. So from where we were having dinner at this event, it was going to be 30 minutes and we should be thrilled this 30 minutes because it would have been an hour or 20 the normal time of the day. And I want to I want to go out in Manhattan Beach with you guys instead of like chasing around and be like, hey, I think I know somebody at the EA thing. And we're like, no, no, we're just we're just going here. It's going to be very simple. It's going to be very easy and it's going to be fun. And it was all those things. But Big Cat knew because once you're on the highway, like 20 minutes, he just starts texting me up helping like this is bullshit. And then <laughs> Scott starts going like, hey, how long? How much longer? How much? Lo-? And I was like, don't act. Like, and it just, he was just over there fanning the flames the entire time. All right. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, I never would have agreed to get in this Uber if I knew how far it was. And <laughs> while you had no problem and no knew problem. how far away. Right. I was right. already planning on going to Manhattan Beach. We stayed out to like four or five. It was great. It was perfect. All right. So last one here. Billy, football, or an alligator that's only at three feet? An alligator. Easy. Yeah. That one was easy. Wait, who was your four? Who's your second? Was it Dana or or uh, Lane? Oh, oh, oh. I can't tell if Lane would be the best or the worst. Yeah. Dana's so, fun. Dana's yeah, I'll go Dana. I'll go Dana. Just because at least with Dana, I know exactly what I'm getting. With Lane, I don't. Yeah. So me, Dana, Stanford, Steve. And Dana's not an early riser, so you can go and, you know, do your little squats or whatever you do in your garage, and, and he won't bother you. Well, that's good because I, I do get up early. I, yeah. I like to get up early and take care of business. Yeah. TCB. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like ease. And the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode of the Ryan Rosilla podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's french fries changed my life. They taught me to want. They taught me the taste of anticipation. There's no wrong way to eat a french fry from McDonald's. Unless you're eating my french fries. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house on the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. 
And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. You had a life advice that you wanted to throw us? Yes, I have a life advice I want to throw you. Um, I love life advice. Obviously, everyone loves life advice. I did, I did have one note about the gambler you guys talked about a month ago. The guy was putting in bets, parlays for his friends because I think it was Ohio and Indiana. And that yep. one was such simple. The guy was basically putting on a tax because if anyone who's ever gambled in their life, they have the friends who are like, hey, can you put in this bet for me? And if it wins, you got to pay them. And then you end up losing anyway down the line. So yep. that, was, that was simple to me. The tax plays. Uh, my life advice is, um, so I got a little bit of a situation. I have, I know these two guys. I know one really, really well. I know the other one. I've, I've hung out with them a couple times, but don't know them super well. Uh, so the guy who I, I know not as well hit me up. And he was like, so he, he hit me up with a message. And he said, I'm doing my best to hang out with the first guy. So I'm friends with both these guys. He goes, I'm doing my best to hang out with the first guy. Next time you come to L.A., let's go to the comedy store during the week. All the good comedians leave on the weekends. I feel like you're the one who can make this happen, pal. So he's a big pal guy, which is terrible to begin with. But um, I don't know what to do because he's basically asking me, like, I want to be closer friends with the guy you're close friends with, but I don't have an in. So can you bridge the gap here? And how do I do this? Something tells me that I'm the guy that's being talked about and that the are the texts from Kyle or Titus? Uh, they're from Kyle, and I still don't. Kyle, what the fuck was that text? What were you saying to me? Uh-oh. Every once in a while, you just want to have one back. I was probably 15 <laughs> steps out of the frolic room after a long day, and I was like, you know what? He didn't answer me. Thank God. And I think I texted Ryan maybe 20 minutes before that. And uh, I was just like, Ryan was like, sure, or something like that. And then I was like, didn't love that. So I was like, all right, got to get Big Cat on this. And then I think, I don't know, maybe like the next morning, I was like, wait a second, what happened? And I was like, he didn't answer. Maybe he forgot about it. And then it was like, Big Cat's coming on next week. I was like, there's no chance he's going to bring this up. But here we are. So thanks for that, pal. Yeah. What do you think we should do, Ryan? Yeah. And now that it's all out there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all out there. And yeah, I didn't respond because I, I stared at it for like 25 minutes. And I was like, what is he asking me? He he works with Ryan. He talks to him multiple times a week. He just asked me to come to L.A. so that I can get them to hang out. First together. of all, I said next and time you're in L.A. Yeah. Let's be and honest. And then ended it with a pal. Father a pal. of two. You can't just be going yeah. to L.A. all the time. How's a big Kyle's a big pal guy, by the way. Last time we hung out, he palled so much that I wanted to be like, listen, pal, stop. You're like, Buzz, this is a lot. Guy. This is a lot on Kyle from Monday morning. Well, see, the nice uh, thing about pal is it's totally it's gender neutral. So that's why I've been like, I've been trying to go like gender neutral, bud, pal, friend. It's, thro it's throwing hands, though, when you pal someone too much. Is Chief. it? Yeah. Yeah. Pal is definitely like when someone pals you. I always assume like that guy just wants to kick my ass. <laughs> well, now maybe now that we're now that we're all here <laughs> in, this, in this fun way. The so, so that was Ryan, the same. That was the yeah. same night that I got to like, hey, you should come up to the comedy club. <laughs> you know what? It, this all was because Titus's brother was in town this Friday and he wanted to go to the comedy store. And I was like, wow, maybe I could parlay this whole thing together. I knew Big Cat wasn't going to be in town for that. But I was like, oh, maybe next time he's in town, he'll remember this when he goes to be like, Yo, what's up? I'm in town or something. 
which like never happens. But it's like maybe that'll be the next message he sees. He'll remember. We'll all get. We'll all just be like a big happy family. And I'll see now Ryan we have to in do person it, for the first yeah, time. Yeah. Like, two years has it been? Two years, Ryan? How long's it been, pal? <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually starting to get a little testy on the like. By the way, um, we've never hung out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I so, saw you for a, the I'm, Pats draft when uh, we didn't take Lamar Jackson and then maybe one other time. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are upset they didn't take Lamar that year. Um, is that the last time we saw no, each other? No, I don't think were, it is. I mean, No, I think, no, that's not true. I used to see you what when about, you come uh, up for the show, but I don't know about like, maybe I saw you for a Pats game or something like last season or two seasons ago. No. Yeah, no, it, looked, uh, probably not. It might have been the last time we were doing the shows live in Bill's place when we were doing them towards the end of basketball. Perhaps. Yikes. So this is like this is the real life advice for this podcast that we got to figure this out. Like what's going like the fact, Ryan, that I'm getting if if Hank ever texted you and was like, <laughs> hey, Ryan, like next time you're in New York, I really want to hang out with Big Cat. Can you make it happen? I would I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, Hank? Like that's the communication is broken down. So uh, this is my life advice. How, how do I get this back together? I don't hate that video. I don't hate. Yeah. I got to get him that video now that you remind me. Uh, now I feel bad. I feel like a bad teammate, but I mean, you know, with me, like, I don't really, you know, I'm not like captain weekend, you know, so I never quite know where it'll come together like a last minute where I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll sneak out tonight for a little bit or something like that. And then a month will go by before I do it again. So invite him over. Daytime is great yeah. for me, by the way. Daytime yeah. is I'm not. a. I don't I don't do that. Not a weekend, not a day. I can't go to burn. a dive bar in Hollywood at two o'clock during the during the week and be like, all right, let's let's fucking best traffic. You couldn't unload. You yeah. couldn't do it to save a friendship. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah no there's there's been some developments because there was a text and then i was like well you gotta come down and get the clubs and then i think titus was like hey we're all gonna be in manhattan beach and i was like oh have a good time i'm like here (laughs) text this guy let me know if you need anything and it was kind of like no we were asking you asshole like are you around i was like oh i'm in france like i'm not even there and so then that fell apart um you know what though i feel like the mirror you know, I don't even feel like I'm going to Zoom anymore. I feel like I'm looking in the mirror and I got some questions for myself. So <laughs> I think I think there's an awareness now just because of this conversation. Uh, today's the first day of the rest of our lives. That's yes. how I feel. I love it. I love it. So that life advice, hopefully, uh, you know, figured this whole thing out because we got to get we got to get, you know, just every now and then, just every now and then just to hang out like it's good for the it's good for the show. Like we don't we don't part of my take. We don't hang out on the weekends. I got kids and everyone's doing their thing. But like when we travel, you know, we'll do a night out. We'll all go to, you know, we went to the sun sundown saloon in, in Boulder. It was fucking awesome. Played darts till like 2 a.m. That kind of shit. That sounds great. Just do that once. We'd love to yeah, be a part well, of that sometime. Well, you, I mean, if you want, we, we could. Oh, no, not. I mean, no, you're great. But I'm oh. not. No, you're great. But I just that's not what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I was so, gonna let you go, but we have we have uh we have a life advice that I have to read for you. All right, let's you do ready? it. Yeah. All right, Blake Bortles hit and run. What? <laughs> Six four two twenty. Uh, no gym. Push up game only. What's up? I was an intern during the summer of two thousand fifteen for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The position was operations and logistics intern, but eighty seven percent eighty percent of the time I was a glorified taxi driver driving the players to and from the football facility and the Omni Hotel downtown. Um, 
Julius Thomas would always have me blast energy from Drake on repeat. Outside of that, there was no verbal interaction between us. Nice. A pretty fun deal for a summer during college. All the players are relatively talkative and nice. The interns, there were five of us, uh, got to hole up at the Omni as well and eat all of our meals with the team, as well as use the facility during our off hours. So my conundrum was this. There was always one intern who had to take the 5 a.m. shift in the morning for the few players that wanted to arrive at the facility early. I was set up across the street from the hotel in the narrow parking lot. Uh, we were told to wait in. So our guy was was the guy that day. Like clockwork, Bortles would be the first player out of the hotel around 5.30, but always elected to drive himself in his lifted white Raptor. Nice. Chad Henney, the backup, also drove one. As he was making a right turn out of this very narrow parking lot, he clipped the back of my idle Tahoe. He stopped for a few seconds, made eye contact with me as he recognized it was an intern he had just hit, and then proceeded to drive. I, I see no problem with this. I panicked as I racked my brain for what I should do. I shuttled players for a few hours, knowing the last person I had to drive each morning to the facility was my boss. As my boss approached, I decided I would deny that the dented backside of my Tahoe um, claiming it had been like that when I started this morning. He immediately noticed and called me to the backside of the car to question me. I'm a bad liar and probably spoke way too fast. It was an unpleasant interaction. And although he didn't call me out for lying, he became suspicious of me for the remainder of the internship. Yes, it was a team car. Yes, I was an intern. Yes, I followed the number one, number one rule of football, always protect the quarterback. But did I do the right thing? Bortles never acknowledged me or what happened in the fateful parking lot, and I never earned back the full trust or confidence of my boss. The Jags went 5-11 and 11 that season, and I never got a job in the league. Hmm. Was it the right thing to do morally for my career? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Hmm. Wow. Um, so it was a team car. Yeah. Bortles hits it according to this, allegedly hits it according to this email in his white Raptor lifted, makes eye contact with the intern and realizes what he's done. It's like, I don't care. And then this kid. So once we realized it was the team Tahoe and then he had to lie to his boss about it was like that when the boss knew he was lying. What do we do? I'm Are you texting right board? Now. I'm going to ask him. Yeah. Where is he right now? Uh, he's in Florida. Let me, you know what? I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him. Because I know the way I know Blake, he probably was like, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. And this guy should have just been like, yeah, Blake hit him. What? It Protect the been, quarterback, though. I kind of like where this start. kid's cut. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the starting quarterback. They'd be like, oh, that's no problem. Like, it's it's team on team crime. What are you going to do? It's like a fight in training camp. Let's just, yeah, okay, cool. No one's getting cut. We'll just go on with it. All right, let me call him real quick. Let me see if he picks up. This would be, okay. be very funny if he just, if he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I knew. I just figured he's an intern and he'll figure it out. Calling Blake. I also, I'm going to say right now, I don't believe any of this because Blake is a stand up guy. Just want that on the record. He's probably at the gym getting ready for. He probably is at the gym. Yeah. Hello. Blake. Um, Really weird question for you. I'm on with Rosillo right now on life advice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, do you remember in 2015 accidentally maybe clipping an intern's car? An intern for the Jaguars? Yeah, an in intern for the Jaguars. No, I don't, but that's not to say it didn't happen. <laughs> Stand-up guy. 
This guy basically says he was an intern for the Jaguars. He would drive players from the hotel. And one morning at like 5 a.m., you clipped his car just a little bit, made eye contact and kept on going. And the guy basically is like, he, he protected you. He didn't say it was you. And he's like, I didn't get a job because my boss was was suspicious of me for the rest of the summer. Oh, man. Hey, tell him I apologize. I don't, like, I would like to think I'm a better person than that, but there's no time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, listen, I had your back. I was like, look, the intern, like, it wasn't a big deal. It's it's team on team crime. You figure it out. Like, Blake would, That's if, yeah, Blake was asked. If that is true, I'm sure I looked at it. It's probably just like, that. that'll pop out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, thank you. I did. So, so apology if he did it, but if he didn't, then what the hell is this guy's problem? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. Okay. All right. That was it. Thank you, Blake. Love you. Yeah. All right. There it is. That's the answer. We got right to it. It would probably buff out. This guy's probably going crazy about a little scratch in the back of his car. But he doesn't have a football career. Well, that was it. I, I have a feeling that this guy might have not been hired for other reasons than just oh. a little dick in his car. Really? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you do make a decent point that you know, he's drafted 14. You know, he's coming in. If it's 15, that means he's coming into a sophomore season. He could have lit the thing on fire. Right. And they'd be like, we're just psyched he's at the facility so early. He's a, right. he's a leader. But if you're an intern, you're not going to be thinking that way. You're like, hey, he was this top pick. He's only played one season. The team's going to have his back no matter what. Um you know, and in the moment, we can all sit here years later and say, you should have done this, you should have done that. Like, he could have said, hey, a player hit it, and he kept it moving. I'm not telling on the player. That's what happened. But yeah. I don't know that I would have thought of that immediately, and I definitely don't know that I would have thought about it as a scared college intern throughout the entire time. But Blake's a tough guy to get mad at, so. No, he, I, listen, from what I understand, what Blake just told us, that was not a big dent or scratch. And I think that if you're. He hit like, the car, though. Well, graze the car. Um, but let's go with grazed right now. I think if you're an intern um, in a spot like this, you you are better served to just tell the truth. And you can also protect him a little bit. Like you just said, the perfect answer is like, yeah, a player ding the car, but I don't want to get him in trouble. And then kind of just let him deal with it. You know what I mean? Elevate it to the proper uh, you know, spot in the organization. And then let them figure it out. That's what Joe Pod did. Just go right to Tom Coughlin and go, I'm not selling out anyone on this team. Yeah, right. Right. But doing like the half in, half out where you're trying to be admirable, but it's clear that you're suspicious to your boss. That's the worst way to handle this. Wouldn't you agree? Either yeah. tell him what happened and, and you can still protect Blake or just be like, oh, I actually... Like you could even make it up like, yeah, I did that. Like I hit someone by accident. Like you you did the middle ground and the middle ground in terms of the boss is always going to be like, this guy's a, like a piece of shit. He's just not telling me the truth. Gus Bradley was the head coach then. Gus would have been fine with it. Look at this. I We do a life advice and I get right to the to the scene of the crime for you guys. I don't even want to do another one. How the hell can we top that? Unless we go through this with like any other athletes in here. We always do have a few athletes like so-and-so, this happened. I usually don't read them because I don't want to get the athlete in trouble. You know, I'm kind of like this intern. Right. Uh, but that one was that one was just too, that was tailor-made for you. And the fact that you got him on the phone immediately and he answered, like, I don't Makes even know. Do we, 
Yeah. 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 No, I, he's I think the that's best. it. Yeah. Uh, shout out that one guy who completely blew up his own spot with uh, the Ian Rappaport story. That was the minute you started telling that story. I was like, oh, Mississippi State. Whoops. <laughs> like, dude, you're, you're, everyone can figure out you're in Starkville. And now everyone's like, you just have Ian Rappaport's phone and you're going to. I liked your advice, though, because I find myself in that spot <laughs> even today where, like, I'm obviously I've accomplished, you know, something I'm I'm. I'm at a point where I, I feel like confident, but like when we were trying to get Rogers on the phone on uh to interview him, I was texting with him and I had to be like at one point I'd be like, dude, I'm not gonna bother you like like this. I'm just trying to get the interview. Like I'm not this, I'm not this annoying. Because whenever you text someone like that, there is the fear that like you're the annoying guy and they're gonna be like, fuck this guy. So you have to play it well. No, it's a it's a really I mean, this is a whole nother conversation, but like I had somebody who I got their number recently and I go, just so you know, I'm not going to be texting you. Right. Like, I appreciate the number. We're going to set this up. I'm going to coordinate it. I go, but I'm not going to be your text buddy. So don't worry about it. Like, I'm not going to be your text buddy from now on. But I also have somebody else who I've gone a couple unresponded to texts and I'm almost finding joy in being annoying. And I, I did something and I was like, wait a minute, why, why would like, Maybe that isn't funny. And now I'm like, I like I could grade if there was like a, a, a color coded hot cool zone on where your relationship is with non friends of famous people texting like I'd be all over the map right now with a couple of different people. Yeah, uh, my my rule is three, three blue bubbles. If you got three texts sitting out there lingering, it's probably over. Like I didn't talk to Anthony Rizzo for like six months because I had three out there and like I, he you know, like he called me one day, like it was fine, but it was like, I'm not going to go with the fourth. If I go with the fourth, he's going to see the other three and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like I got, uh, I got Dirk Bentley playing here next weekend. And I, I think I got two unresponded to and a non backstage at a previous show. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It might be over. Yeah. It might be over. Yeah, but I also realized like he's on tour with a family and every other damn thing. So like I was like, man, he's in my backyard. I should probably hit him up. I go, oh wait, I go, I didn't, I didn't get two responses. Like one was a dumb late night text about something from a million years ago, and he's had a pretty incredible life, so he's probably not focused on those things anymore. And then another was a uh, was a C long pick and I, and I was like, wow, he didn't even respond to that. Like Chris is way cooler than I am, and so I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Redondo Beach Life Festival is going to be me with my my former buddy there. So yeah. we'll see. It's also the beginning of college football too. So, and, and the, you know, so I don't know. But, but media, like media companies should do text training because you, you don't want to ever get s stuck in a spot where you have, so, like, if you think you're texting too much, you are. That's just a, like, if you're, if your inner thought process is like, Ooh, am I texting this guy too much? You are. And you don't want to get in a spot where like one of your producers is texting a guy from a different company being like, I just want to hang out with the host of the show that I produce for, like that's a very awkward spot to be in that you probably can never come back from. Very John Mulaney to bring it around like that at the very end. Kyle, are you okay? Do we need it? That was one time, pal. That was one. Hey, and every other time, Big Cat hits me up first. So I think maybe you should ask if you're texting me too much. I was just throwing you a bone there, pal. <laughs> I think go, I, I wonder, I think I'd pick Kyle in a fight against Big Cat. Well, I, Kyle and I have hung out more recently than you and Kyle. So, that's also true. That's Take true. That yeah, that's also true. Um, you know what? Before we let you go, let's just do an extra one because it, it plays to this. We had the Chicago dad who's trying to figure out how to meet people. 
And okay. I said, you asked the single worst human being about meeting people and becoming oh. friends with people later on. I know you're I good at this. this. Yeah. 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 I remember this um, from a couple of weeks ago. So the answer is, is very simple that it's, I, I think Saruti even said it, like, it's just going to be your kids' friends. Like, that's going to be it. It's going to be your kids' friends. You, It's the truth. Like, I'm already in that zone where, like, I'm having to meet my kids' friend, or sorry, my kids' parent. Kids right, because that'd be young. Parent. Yeah, yeah, right. That would be weird. Uh, I'm already in that, like, awkward uh, birthday party. I've told the story, but my son, uh, his birthday's in June, and I think two years in a row, it's been the Preakness or maybe the Belmont. And so we've had the birthday party at my house and the other dads are like, this guy's just firing on TVG at like, at like two o'clock. What's going on here? So I think you just have to, you have to just wait till your kid is is at an age where you can just start meeting dads. And I'll say this, every dad who has a kid that's like trying to find new friends, you're all in the same boat. Like we're all in the same boat. So don't feel weird about it because I think most dads are like, yeah, it'd be nice if my kid, you know, had some some friends that had some cool parents and we can just do stuff together. And then we don't have to like we can go to the park. We can drink some beers, watch a game. They can play in the basement. They're all in the same spot. So don't stress. It will happen. Okay, noted. Uh, or do you have a couple bar. or go to the dive bar? Like you said, that was Do you have a couple people in that group that you're like, can't believe I have to be friends with this guy. Um, there's, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. But there's, there's also, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, of course you, you, yeah, well, let's say like, Hey, what, what, what do you guys, do you guys talk about that? That guy? Yeah. Like should we guys, should get together. It's like, well, should we, I don't know. Maybe not. Do you guys talk about, do you hear about that guy, that guy with that team? Do you guys talk about that on your show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the right. show stuff is always weird. And I, I also had one moment when, uh, I think there was a guy, I think golf was on for one of my son's birthdays and, and, uh, guy was like, Hey, Bryson, he's pretty cool. And I was like, no, I fucking hate him. And then I had to like, stop and be like, Whoa, you're at a fucking two-year-old's birthday party. Like chill out. Dude. Like you, you, you're not doing a show right now. So I'm probably not the best guy to make friends with in these situations. That's big cat. Big thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. And, uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, cross paths and I'll be on again with you guys soon. So thanks a lot. Yeah, well, I'll I'll come out to LA and then uh, we'll get Kyle to meet you. So keep your chin up, pal. We have an update in this Blake Bortles hit and run story. It is now about eight hours after we originally taped. Uh, Blake Bortles was alerted of this. As you know, he joined us earlier on the podcast, but then we get some further information about what may or may not have happened. So we're going to bring everybody back onto a Zoom and get to the bottom of this. Please enjoy. So as you heard from the intro, uh, we have to dig a little bit deeper into the evidence. Uh, this case against Blake Bortles hit and run from 2015. Blake Bortles joins us. Uh, Big Cat is with us again. We are doing this later in the day after the original taping today, so you understand the timeline. That's why we have the sound effects, so we're just going to jump in and get to it. All right, so Blake, the accusation is that an intern in 2015 summer for the Jags, uh, he had set up and let people into the facility. Credit to you. He said you were one of the first guys in every day, 5.30 in the morning. He said that you hit his Tahoe that was a company, uh, it was a team vehicle, and that you looked right at him and just kind of kept it moving. And then basically he didn't want to tell on you. And then a higher up with the team 
was like, what's with this dent? And the kid's like, well, that was there. And he said he's a bad liar. The higher up employee knew he was lying. And he's basically accusing you, Blake, of ruining his football career because he never got a job again in the industry. It's been seven years. This guy may not have worked. So who knows what's happened to him? Um, but again, the evidence was that you made eye contact with him as you drove in your white Ford uh, Raptor truck that I, apparently had a lift kit in it, which I assume they, you have to have. If you're buying a Raptor, it has a lift kit. So the floor is yours. Well, like the first, I mean, worst case scenario, if it happened by some miracle, I do apologize to this kid or this man that has hopefully not been unemployed for the past seven years. Could be, yeah. But first of all, my truck was black. There, <gasps> were, there were two black truck, dark windows, would have been hard to make eye contact at nighttime because it would have been dark at 530 in the morning. You wouldn't oh, have been wow. able and there's no eye contact um there were i know for sure two white raptors that were in the players parking lot i won't throw any names on the bus um but i just i mean he says chad henney had the other one and that you and chad henney had the white raptors chad had one and then i guess since you already threw chad's name under the bus uh josh scoby who incredible human great kicker i think he's like the all-time leader in jaguars points maybe he had the other raptor and i think both of those guys are stand-up dudes and wouldn't see them partaking in a hit and run um but also like as the intern dude you're like nobody's gonna get in trouble like just immediately rat out whoever it was. Like we all play for the team. They immediately would have then just come to us and been like, hey, did this happen? You know, so I, I think by him not telling the truth to whoever he was reporting to, it's kind of like this dude maybe went on a joyride and dinged up the company car. Ooh, wow. So blaming the kid now that none of no, it even happened. No, so Blake, listen, couple things. I was literally giving my son a bath at like 630 tonight. And I love Blake. I love Blake. Like, it's part of my job is to make sure that everyone knows that Blake is one of the coolest, if not coolest, professional athletes I've ever had the joy of hanging out with. I've slept at his house. Good friend. Great human being. So I was sitting there and I was like, I should have asked Blake what color his truck was. So I texted him and I was like, hey, just as an aside, were you driving a white Ford Raptor? And he's like, no. Two other guys had that. Mine was black. He sent me a picture of his truck. It is a black truck. And I was like, I have to get this right. I have to clear his name. Because when that email was read, I was like, there's no way that was Blake. And also, I agreed with what Blake just said in that just say it like just say it was a player and you you won't get in trouble because like it was, you know, 530 in the morning. Just be like, yeah, player hit it. They go to the player. I don't know, a couple grand to, to buff it out or whatever. It's. You guys are all on the same team. So I'm just happy that my hero, Blake Portals, did nothing wrong here. And his name needs to be cleared once and for all. I appreciate that support and the justice you're providing here. But also there was like security cameras in the parking lot because guys used to just like flat out run into the gate all the time. And like barely because like, dude, you're half asleep driving in there at 5 a.m. not paying attention and just you run right into the gate. And then like, Skip, our security guard, would come walking by and just be like, hey, but we're going to dock your paycheck a little bit today because we got to fix the gate you hit this morning. So like, so did so you ever hit the gate? No. Okay. I, I, I nicked it with a mirror or so, but nothing. I never damaged the gate. 
All right, because the sentence again reads, like clockwork, Bortles would be the first player out of the hotel around 530 and would always elect to drive himself in his lifted white Raptor. So it wrong. doesn't add up. I think yeah, Blake is cleared I mean, here. It's wrong from the beginning. It's not even the right color. Yeah. Well, and I did do it. I do apologize because, you know, I like to think I've matured and become a bit of a better person over the past seven, eight years, you know, and at that time... At least whoever did it made eye contact with them. And between those two, they acknowledged it to each other. And the guy was just, I'm going to move on. Blake, as your defense attorney, let's not do the if I did it thing. OJ didn't really work out for him. So let's just say we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We Wrong car. This guy has spent seven years basically motherfucking Blake's name, thinking that he hit his, dinged his car and cost him. He probably would be the GM for the Jags right now. Instead, the reality is, Blake had nothing to do with it. He's a completely innocent man. And I need his name completely cleared and also follow up. He's the man for even hopping on and, and, and addressing an accusation seven years old of a car he never even owned. A lot of strong evidence and the fact that you would come on and face it this hours later, you know, nothing to hide. Although I do think to tell isn't exactly the lesson here because I like that the emailer was the number one thing is protect the quarterback. So he thought he was protecting you, but it, maybe he was protecting a kicker this entire time. Yeah, and I do respect that move on his on his behalf. I wouldn't. You should have asked him to hop on too. <laughs> yeah, get him just be like, dude, what's going on? Imagine if he just hopped on this and was like, "We got Blake here. What's your beef?" <laughs> <laughs> um, one last thing, Ryan. Yeah, I I have to have Blake just tell the quick story about when he moved to LA um, and the car that he purchased. Cause we're talking about Blake's cars and the reasoning behind it. Uh, Blake, do you want to share with Ryan? Cause he'll, he'll appreciate this. Um, yeah, sure. I actually side note, just got rid. I bought a Tesla. Um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. I bought a Tesla. First of all, if you go on Tesla's website, I'm not sure if it's still the same. I bought it in 18, I think. Well, I was like bored one night on their website and you can full on design the whole car where you get to the end and there's just a buy now button. And it was like, dude, it felt like I was on Amazon bagging, a, you know, a, a thing of toilet paper or something. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll buy now. So I hit buy now. I immediately get an email like, where would you like it shipped? Yeah. I was like, dude, wow, this worked out great. You know, and I was fired up to have a Tesla a bit, but um Two, two reasons I bought it. One was I was moving to LA. I was going to play for the Rams. So I was like, let's fit in a little bit. Also help the environment out. We care about that. And the other reason was uh, I, I had dipped for a long time. I dipped since I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I was like, if I own an electric car, there's zero reason to go to a gas station. dip. So like this will help me uh, quit dipping. And then I got out to LA and ended up just driving my Tesla to the gas station to buy dip. But I actually, not long ago, just traded <laughs> for another truck. So I, I part for the environment. That would have been amazing if that worked out in Elon Musk. Like part of it would be, and if you're trying to quit dipping. Yeah, I know. Quit yeah. dipping. I've kicked, I've kicked the bad habit, but the Tesla really didn't help all that much. It was it's a great. Just, that's Blake. Blake bought a Tesla to quit dip. <laughs> it's a great car. It didn't work. Not near as well as I and I felt like an idiot, like parking at the gas pump with a Tesla so I could run it in real quick if I do. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, is the, this is the best guy in the world. I'm telling yeah. you, this is why he's my favorite. So, 
Uh, well, thank you to both of you guys. And if uh, you're ever accused of anything, we'll reach out directly to you again. I appreciate you guys having me on to clear my name. Thanks, Mike. Anytime. Okay, thanks to Saruti and Kyle for today's podcast. As we crank it up and get you ready for football starting here, uh, we got a bunch more guests lined up that we're excited about. So please subscribe to Ryan Priscilla Podcast Ringer and Spotify. Spotify.